0: one's entire life is shaped by decisions our freedom to choose changes everything for the good or the bad that's the question for every action there is a reaction here on right to choose we explore the path of choosing and the aftermath of choosing abortion join co-hosts mrs christine cooper and dr iana harris as we navigate choices Hey everybody thank you so much for joining our podcast right to choose my name is christine cooper um i had an abortion when i was 15 years old um i will definitely go into depth about that story in a later episode but just kind of for a brief introduction into that i was 15 years old um i did not believe in abortion it was not something that i wanted to do I believe that the time that the pressure really came from my parents, uh, to make that decision as they felt that it was the right thing at the time. So, um, essentially the choice to abort was theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a uh, trauma in my life. Um, after that experience, there was, um, immediate regret and sorrow, um, that, At 15 years old, it was very hard to wrap my mind around um, how to get through, how to begin to process, how to look to God, or even if I should look to God in that moment, Mm -hmm. for any type of healing. Um, Here I am today, 18 years later, um, as you can see, filled with a joy that was not there before. And I definitely attribute that to Um, my relationship with God. So I will turn it over now to my beautiful co-host. She can introduce herself.
1: Thank you, Christine. Um, My name is Iana Harris and I am more than excited to be sitting in this virtual room with Christine. Um, Christine and I have come to know each other quite well um, through a very crazy set of circumstances and we'll, we'll go into that at a later time. I um, had an abortion when I was 16 years old. I was a junior in high school and headed um, to the University of Florida. And um, I felt the pressure to have an abortion because it seemed like the best choice for me. At the time, I was, of course, like Christine, I was a Christian girl, went to church and did not believe in abortion. Um, But you never know what choice you'll make when you're faced with the decision. So um, without counsel from my parents, without counsel from anyone other than girls that I knew had one, and we didn't really talk a lot about what happened to them, um, but I went and had an abortion at 16 and lived. So that's 29 years already, dear God, (laughs) it's 29 years already. And um, I have, a life full of shrapnel that the Lord has helped me to rebuild, Um, and we're going to talk a lot about a lot of those issues, a lot of what we call the aftermath um, over time with this podcast. Um, The reason we started this podcast and why we named it Right to Choose um, is simply uh, a bit of a play on words. It's your right to choose, but is it right to choose? And um, that's something that has perplexed both of our minds and our hearts over the years and something that we've talked ad nauseum with friends and colleagues and coworkers and spouses and family members, um, about their thoughts on abortion and when abortion's right, when it's not right, who should make the choice and whose body it is, who should be involved in the choice, all of those parts. Um, the role the church plays in abortion, um, the role the black church and the back black family, uh, the black community, what role it plays. Um, this podcast is not just for black women or black people, but because of the obvious color of our skin, um, these are our experiences and these are things that we have um, dealt with over the years we've had a, a lot of time to process. We are both abortion healing facilitators and um, that itself has been a blessing. And as we go through this series, we will be able to expound a little on each one of those things. Um, and even as we hear from you, we'll be able to expound on some things that we may not have thought about talking about. And even some of you may become guests on our podcast to continue the conversation. That's the beauty of the virtual world. We can bring people from all over the world into one space for a conversation. So um, we're excited to have you join us tonight on Right to Choose, or it could be today, wherever you are, but we're excited to have you with us on Right to Choose. Um, So let's get into it, Christine. So um, so we both uh, have talked about being Christian women, um, being young women. We were teens when we had our abortions and um, we both had family um, with us and our families influenced our choice. Um, can you talk a little bit about how we sometimes we'll process our choice. Well, it's my choice, it's my body. We hear those kind of expressions or I didn't choose it. I know that you made this statement. Um, it was my parents choice, but let's talk a little bit about those choices.
0: Yeah, so for me and my situation, I think that the heart behind what they were trying to do um, was based upon a desire for a particular future that they wanted for me, that they did not see um, a pregnancy at 15 playing a part. Um, Which, from a parent perspective, I'm sure that choice for them was easy. If I'm honest, they looked at it, probably weighed the options, you know, of everything I said I wanted to be up until that point in my life and the probability of making it to that end result, um, with my current situation at the time of being a, a teen pregnant girl. Now, what I can say about that is that choice, um, of course put me in a position to where I felt like I had no choice and the inability to choose is what I believe propelled my life and catapulted it in the direction that it went there was a feeling of hopelessness there was a feeling of helplessness there was an abundant feeling of um just having no say-so over what was happening in my body, but not only in my body, to my child. My parents were making a decision about my child in the grand scheme of things. And I felt like I had no control, no say-so over their life. Um, what happened, I believe, in retrospect, now that I think about it, is that it forced me into a place, or it placed me into a place where I struggled with choices from that point on through many years of my life. I think I started actually looking for affirmation of everything that I wanted to do after that. I needed somebody to tell me it was okay to do stuff. I was, up until that point, I was super secure in anything that I was thinking. I was, I was ready to move in ways that I felt comfortable moving in without the necessary validation from anybody else. And I felt like after that point, it just, it made me now need, have a need for someone else's opinion on what I should do in any area of my life, honestly.
1: Right. That... It's so interesting when you were talking, um, what stood out to me was the inability to choose. Um, it's such a sh- hard line to walk when you're dealing with, um, we both are parents, Christine has Morgan and I have Faith, Ryan, and I have three bonus children. And um, we've been parents now and making decisions on our children's behalf is something that parents do. You know? we're right. Um, there's not a lot of consultation of children. Well, in our families, there's not a lot of consultation of you when you're a minor about things. We may ask you what you're interested in. Like, do you want to play baseball or do you want to do dance? <laughs> you know, those kind of things. But when it comes to a major decision like that will impact the whole family, it is definitely something that um, children don't have those kind of choices in our in our. Um, in the grand reality. And when we're talking about being 15 and 16, it is very difficult to say um, as a parent, yeah, we're going to, you can choose to have the baby. That's hard because it impacts the entire family, the entire structure of everything. It affects the future of the woman, it affects the future of the man, it affects the future of the parents. And it's interesting because I've been on both sides of this. I've been the 16-year-old who was pregnant and I've been the mother with a 16-year-old who's pregnant. And that is interesting because my daughter, when she was faced with an unplanned pregnancy um, or crisis pregnancy, whichever way people choose to call it, um, when she was faced with it, her immediate response to what she would do in her decision was, um, directly connected to her knowledge and understanding of the effects of my abortion at 16. So though she walked in a mirror method of getting pregnant early, early sexualization and all these things, she made a different choice, Mm -hmm. took her down a different path. Um, And one day we'll have her on, (coughs) excuse me, to talk a little bit about how her choice to have her son, my first grandson, how that impacted every part of her life after that in such a beautiful way, Um, but even the challenges that come with it. So to be honest, there's no easy decision when you're faced with an unplanned pregnancy. It's not as black and white as many people would make it seem. you know, we both said I didn't believe in abortion until I was standing in a place where I had to decide whether or not to have an abortion. Um, and that right. that's heavy. Like, I did not believe in abortion. What do you mean? I mean, if you're pregnant, you need to have your baby. You shouldn't have got pregnant. Those are the kind of things that I said. Um, I remember thinking that there's a type of girl who gets pregnant in high school.
0: It ain't me. Right? <laughs> me. I'm not
1: that type of girl. And then I have a girl, like, and there's no type. There's no, um, you know, when when I look through the the myriad of women that I have walked through abortion healing, and I look at them even at the age that they were when they had their abortions, it's such a variety. I can't even, like, you know, when you're sitting in the mall, you're sitting in the store, and you do a glance around, chances are you're in a room with, you know, 50% of women who've right. abortion. So there's not a particular type of woman who ends up in a, a unplanned pregnancy and chooses abortion. Um, and what do you think are some things that push us into a place where, and it could be your own experience or even other people's experience, but what do you think pushes us into a place that makes us feel like that's what we have to do?
0: Yeah, I think it's a lot of things, honestly. Um, I know from my perspective of being 15 years old, that decision was probably um, influenced by uh, financial support because I was 15. You know, my parents know what it takes to take care of a child financially. They knew what it took for 15 to take care of me. So I'm sure even the concept of now this is a this is another person this is this is dollars now added into our household dynamic that is completely unexpected and unplanned and the fact that you don't work Christine really means that this this is your baby this is not your baby this is our baby and am I committed as a parent am I ready? To get a second job if I need to to care for this child. Am I ready now that you are 15 years old to go back to a place of parenting a baby? Because essentially, they would be helping me to do that. You know, I think that um, I think the idea of what other people would think um, is a factor. You know, for my parents, I'm sure, but. Even for me at the time, I didn't get to experience pregnancy longer than six weeks. So I don't know what it's like to walk around high school in the 10th grade as a sophomore with a six-month, you know, bulging belly or a nine-month bulging belly and people looking at me and doing exactly what you said of wondering, you know, so so this is what we do. You're that girl. And then having a whole nother myriad of probably um ideas and thoughts in my head about myself that wouldn't be there if I wasn't pregnant um what else would I say I'm 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 sure I know that um I don't know if we would call it religion but whatever your spiritual relationship is with God Mm -hmm. has an effect as well you know that influences our choices and that honestly is what made it even worse for me because I'm like I know that God ain't God ain't pleased with this and I knew that I was missing the mark by allowing this to happen Mm -hmm. and in that moment I felt it was a disconnect in my relationship with him because I deliberately went against something that I knew wholeheartedly he would not be pleased with so I mean for different people obviously they have they have, they have reasons, you know, mm-hmm. not being married. You know, I wasn't married at 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Having a child out of wedlock is not the ideal situation. Mm-hmm. Um, then, of course, the father of the baby is like, I got a life to live. You know, I got stuff to do. Like, you weren't right. thinking about the stuff you had to do, though, when we laid up. But now that the, the aftermath is here of a pregnancy, now you got other things to do besides to be a father and take care of this child along with me. So you know, not having that support, of course.
1: Um, what would you say? What do you think? I, what came to mind for me is the future. And I think that um, for me, my immediate response was, what does my future look like if, like this isn't in the plan. I'm a planner. I'm the lady with a calendar. I'm, you know, I'm, I've been this way my whole life. I think I came out okay. with a class and, a, cat and a, a a watch talking about what time are we gonna be there. Um, and having a baby wasn't in the plan. And I had planned when that should happen. You know, this is when I'll get the degree and then this is when I'll get the husband and we're gonna get married. And then this is when we have the baby and the 2.5 kids and a dog. Like it didn't work with my plan. And so since it didn't work in my plan, it wasn't convenient. And it was almost easy at the time to think, well, I won't um, out. There'll be more opportunities to have a child. There'll be more. There's more time because I'm young and when I'm more stable And when I'm able to care for myself, and um, I had a my brother had gotten um, a girl pregnant in high school, and so I watched how my family had to finagle that situation um, and deal with him being a pregnant dad in high school. My brother was immediately signed military. Goodbye, you know, like you, you now you have to get a job. Like as soon as you graduate, you ship out. What what you graduate June what? All right. July first, you're out of here. Um and I watched just how that affected everything. And I was like, that just changed his whole future. Like I don't even necessarily remember what my brother was gonna do before that. But I remember it changing everything. And I didn't want that. I didn't want that. And so a lot of times um we make these decisions out of convenience and because we can, because we, we can. And um, that is such a like, even like saying it out loud, it's like, wow. Um, I was on a show one time, uh, Dr. Candace Smitheman was doing an interview for her show, The Glory Road, and we were talking about abortion healing. And we did this whole recording. We talked about the need for abortion healing. We were talking about, um, you know, shame and regret and how the Lord heals from that. All of that, right? And it's this beautiful show. It's this beautiful episode. And I'm like, Lord, amen. You're going to use this. It's going to be great. Well, she calls me after the show airs and it's on her YouTube um, channel And she says to me, um, hey, do you know such and such, whatever the name was? And I was like, I have no idea who that is. So she shows me one of the comments on her YouTube channel to the the broadcast. And it said POS Murderer. And she was like, what does that mean? And I just stopped and I stared and I said, it's piece of... Murderer, And she goes, and she wanted to delete the comment. She was like, I'm gonna delete it. I said, no, no. I said, you leave it. It doesn't change the fact that it's true. I mean, they could have been a little more polite about it, but, but mm-hmm. I, it's true. And for the rest of my life, I get to stare that choice in the face. Right. rest of my life when I count my children I count a child in heaven and when you say some women don't say and do say however when you say you have a child in heaven or you uh, have suffered a pregnancy loss if you suffer a miscarriage loss it's immediately I'm sorry if you say an abortion it's like yeah it's they don't know what to say and most women won't won't say that they've suffered um, that kind of a loss at all, because, you know, this is will be an allusion to a further a future episode about how do we really have the right to grieve when we chose abortion? Right. Um, but our choice every single day, we're faced with it. We're faced with it when we look at our living children. We're faced with it when we look at um, the stories of what could have been the loss of our sons. You know, when we think about raising black men, we think about all of these things. We think about our husbands now. We're like, you know, how would life have been different? How would things have changed? And it's a fine line um, of regret sometimes. And, you know, it's a very real part of grief and a real part of choices, real part, real part. (laughs) Very real. Very real. So now I will say, Christine, and and you may agree or may not, do you think that this show will be well-received when you're talking about something so prickly?
0: (laughs) Uh, It's a toss up, you know, Because I believe that it will be well received by women who have thought about whether they should or should not choose to abort a child um, that may be pregnant right now Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and may not necessarily understand the full... um, the full picture of what choosing to abort will leave them with Mm -hmm. um, after that baby is removed from their body. Mm -hmm. I feel as though women who um, may not be pregnant right now, may not have any children at all, will also gain a perspective into um, how they could possibly preliminarily value the life of their child in a different way than they may not have ever considered before for their future Mm -hmm. Um, but then I'm sure there will be those people (laughs) that join and listen to this (laughs) these podcasts and respond in the same way that that person responded with you know the podcast you did previously um with name calling and and shaming and Mm -hmm. you know uh, condemnation responses and things like that I think that that I honestly think that all of those things though create a healthy conversation
1: amen Um,
0: they do Mm -hmm. and (laughs) That's what we're here to do at the end of the day, is to have a dialogue that doesn't get spoken of, to bring to light a subject matter that is considered to be taboo and one that is something that you keep in the dark. And so our being purposeful to bring this to the light Mm -hmm. is what it's about.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that is 100%. um, the conversations are not happening. The conversations are not happening in circles where we are. I was just talking to Christine about um, the newer app Clubhouse and how there's lots of topics in Clubhouse, lots of conversations happening, and I'll see this conversation happening. And I said, well, Lord, you know, here am I, and, <laughs> and we'll We'll start us a room on Clubhouse, look for us, Clubhouse room, right to choose. Um, Because it's necessary to start the conversation. Um, I believe that education is essential and part of education is experience. And I, um, in order for me to get a better understanding about one, a woman who's made the choice for abortion, and then the space that her mind is in in that time, but also helping a woman to understand, even the woman who's made that choice or the man who's contributed to that choice, helping to um help them to see the need for healing. Because many of us will stack stuff on top of our abortion story, we'll stack stuff on top of it, and we all say, What? Well, I'm fine. I'm good. No, I'm forgiven. Yes. Praise the Lord. You're right, but Jesus deal with some of that nasty up under there, the the stuff that we um, like to hide behind and that the enemy doesn't want us to um, expose. So um, these are some conversations we'll be having, and uh, we'd like you to come along for the ride.
0: Yes, please do. (laughs) All right. We'll see you (laughs) next
1: time on Right to Choose. I'm Dr. Yana Harris and this is my friend Christine Cooper. Bye y'all. Bye.